Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the podcast about the people, places, and things we love about Austin. Our podcast is from the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman. I'm Austin 360 editor Eric Webb, and in this week's episode, we're talking about two really great things, pizza and love. That's right. I met Kate and Iked Ulkiola, and they are a young couple from Austin who had their first date at ABGB, which is, of course, that really popular watering hole that serves pizza, beer, other yummy stuff in South Austin, right on Oldorf Street. So they had their first date there, and then Iked proposed there, which is a lovely thing to do. But then Kate had an idea to go for, as she puts it, the trifecta and get legally married at the ABGB. So that's right, the same place you've been wolfing down like pepperoni pizza, a couple actually got married there, which is a very Austin thing to do, I think. So I sat down with Kate in our studio to get the full scoop on their whole love story in her own words. So now, here's Kate. Okay. Well, Kate, so um, as I understand the story, you and Iked matched on Bumble in 2015, in October. Mm-hmm. But then you didn't have your first date at the ABGB until April 2016. So what was happening in between there? Um, I think in the longer sense, between when we matched and when we actually met in person, um, when we when we matched, we had immediate chemistry. Mm-hmm. We were talking every day. We were texting. And I think there was this buildup because at that point, it, it was my first experience on a dating app for sure. Um, I had been in longer term relationships in college before that. And so this was like my first frontier of modern dating as an adult. And I didn't necessarily know what to expect at that point. So um, you just downloaded the app? I just downloaded okay. Bumble. And it was, you know, I went through the process of, making my profile and like representing myself that way. Um, a profile for like romantic interests. Like that was different than a Facebook or a, an Instagram at that point, which yeah. was like also just kind of becoming popular. <laughs> well, Cause it's weird, right. To try to like come up with like what represents me best, yeah. but for a very specific purpose. Yes. And I think the way, like it reminded me of MySpace in middle school. Like how do I want to represent myself? And then you do it for LinkedIn for getting a job. Yeah. But the dating was like a whole other process at that point. And yeah. it's not like MySpace, just like picking like your song yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Just like, okay, well, we can't act like just picking your song was like a light, you know, task that was like really intensive process. But yeah, um, no, the, I made my profile. Um, I matched with them pretty early on in my like time actively trying to find somebody on Bumble. And um, he was like, way more attractive than like the people that I typically, you know, kind of thought were like in my field, I guess. Um, and so I didn't have the highest hopes, but we just really clicked and, uh, we messaged every day. We kept going back and forth, very flirty, like natural chemistry, um, for about a week. And I was waiting for him to ask me out to dinner immediately. Um, and to just have this, you know, almost like movie-esque, like, oh, this first date, and we're just going to continue from here. Um, 
I didn't realize at that point that oftentimes when you meet somebody off the internet, you try to swing for something a little bit more like less commitment based in case like it's not going the best. Right. Um, maybe someone portrays himself differently in that space than in person. Because they spend a lot of time on their profile. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm just kind of naive to that at this point because it's my first time. So um, about a week later, he asked me to join him um, and his friends at a concert, but like several hours after he was going to be there. And he was really intentional about those details. And I just got way too nervous. Like my social anxiety, I felt like I would be like being interviewed by all of his friends. Like it felt very nerve wracking to me. And so um, I quote unquote got sick last okay. minute and I flaked and I'm embarrassed. But we've done it. We've, yeah, all, we've all done it. We've all been there. Yeah, exactly. So um, I was really bummed about it though. And in the time, you know, between that, things kind of naturally fizzled. Um, we both started like casually, I guess, kind of dating other people, but we would check in with each other every couple of months and it was always like a little less equal. Like there would be one person pursuing the other person more. Mm-hmm. In hindsight now, like obviously one of us was dating somebody or something like that. Um, so was this still on the app or was this, had y'all moved to text? We had moved to text before okay. the date. So okay. like, I think we were both still using the app. We were both, you know, but we would text each other. Um, we had we had moved beyond just in-app communication. Okay. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of seemed to not go anywhere. And then about six months later, he like randomly, he saw something that reminded him of like an inside joke that we had had. And he took a picture and um, told me there was like a six-month expiration date on the drink offer. Oh, And I was like, you know, I'm I'm in a good place. Like I'm dating myself. I'm not really interested in like anything romantic. Like I'm uh-huh. fine. And then two weeks later, I responded and I was like, I think I said howdy, which, as a Longhorn, is not something I frequently like initiate conversations with. Yeah. Um, and asked him if it was still on the table, and he said yes. And we made a plan for dinner, and you know, did it right. Um, and he picked ABGB. So he picked ABGB. So that yeah. was his idea. Yeah. Okay. I had never been. I was really excited to go. I He lived off Old Torf and Parker at the time. And I lived off Lamar and Manchek. So I had passed by it yeah. a handful of times. Um, but had never been. And I looked up online and it was super cute. And like a very approachable first date location. It was like casual. It wasn't stuffy. You know. Definitely. Not fork and knifing it. Like it was. Definitely. No. Okay. So you get to ABGB. Yeah. What are your first impressions that we get? Well, he brought his dog, which also makes me feel like an Austinite, like immediate sucker. Brought his dog, and he has a mini schnauzer. His name's Poofy. 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 And uh, that was my first impression. Equally as attractive as he was in on his profile, so that was also kind of a relief. Um, but yeah, we got to talking. He very quickly and politely kind of called me out for flaking on him all those many months before. He's not going to let you off the hook. Uh Uh-uh, no, but I liked it. Um, And then I learned really quickly that that initial concert, like, date with his friends that I blew him off for thinking he was, you know, not intentional. He was actually hosting, like, a charity concert, and his friends were the band that he had, like, a line to set up. And yeah. he was organizing it. And that's why I had to come so many hours later because he had to set everything up and then he would be free to hang out with me. And I think that's just the most quintessential egged like 
story. So not only was he actually being intentional, he was being super, super intentional. Yeah, he was being like a patron saint who is intentional about me. And I was just like not having it because, you know, I was being naive. But um, it worked out. I mean, here we are. So it's good. So how did your first impressions? So you said he was very handsome on the app. And you got there and you thought he was just as handsome person. Were there other impressions that you got from his dating profile that you realized like, oh, this matches? Well, I had a picture of his dog. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was really, a lot of his uh, photos had him like out doing something adventurous um, or with friends or with family. Um, I didn't get as much of a gist like of his like social life. He's quite the social butterfly mm-hmm. from his profile, which is nice because... Nobody likes it when there's like 30 people in a photo and you can't tell which one is the person you're trying to connect with. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it was less so the profile and more so just the way that the chemistry translated just like it did from texting, like immediately in person. And I think it's because he called me out immediately. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it kind of just, I don't know, helped helped level the playing field a little bit, I guess. And um I don't know. It made us laugh first and relax, and then we could talk really candidly and openly. And we did. We, I don't think we ever actually ended up going back into order pizza. We had like a round of drinks, and then we never went back to order more because you have to like get up to do that. There's like a waiter that comes by uh-huh. and takes your order, and we closed the place down. It was a Monday night, and it was a very like low investment. Like, didn't have the highest hopes for it. I was there, in full honesty. Um, one of my good friends had this guy that her boyfriend worked with that she really wanted to set me up with for a while. And it was making me really nervous. And so part of it was like, okay, well, I haven't been on a first date in so long. Who should I have to be my practice first date? And so then I reached out to this guy off Bumble that practice was really cute and was interested a couple of weeks ago when he, you know, handed me the expiration offer on our drinks. Yeah. And I never met the other guy. And... Uh, yeah, we talked for, I think, like, four or five hours, closed the place down, wasn't even thinking about being hungry, just really natural, continual conversation about everything. So a really great first date yeah, at ABGB. Yeah. And then a little bit of fast forward. Yeah. So tell me how we get from the first date at ABGB to, unbeknownst to you, yeah. a proposal back <laughs> at the scene of the crime at ABGB. Okay. So, proposal story. We go to ABGV. It's our place. You know, we met there. So, we would bring the dogs. We would, you know, any sort of, like, uh, anniversary or month anniversary or a new job or a promotion. Like, any birthday. To celebrate anything. It's just kind of a... It's your place. It's our it's our special place. Yeah. And um, we... So, fast forward. I had been... We did some traveling earlier in the year. And I had been anticipating that he would propose because we were adults and we talked about it mutually before, you know, just waiting for him to ask me. I think that was probably the most excruciating part is like we had already both decided that we were going to get engaged. Oh, yeah. But then I'm, you know, waiting to do the like fun, antiquated, romantic part that I also want. <laughs> the cost of maturity yes, sometimes. I know. Come on. Um, so I'm waiting to see like how it's going to happen. He has all these you know, crazy, we went to Italy for a week, like all of these places kind of mapped out for the year, a ton of family trips because we're both super family oriented. I'm thinking, okay, well, this is near an airport that would be accessible for anybody to come. Um, and there's like four or five trips in the, the first like chunk of the year and it doesn't come. Mm. And so at this point, I'm getting 
more than antsy. I'm losing my mind a little bit. Like maybe he's changed his mind. I have no idea. But on this night in particular, we had our next trip. We had like just finished. I think it was my grandfather's 80th birthday. Um, And then in three weeks, we were going to go to Tulum. And that was our last big trip of the year. And I'm thinking, okay, no, he, he's definitely, he waited through all the family milestones over the summer. He didn't do it in Italy. He, maybe he was like still planning everything. It's probably going to be in Tulum or it's going to be like over the holidays. I'm going to give it to the end of the year. And then I'm going to, you know, be an adult mature woman and be like, okay, where's the ring? Like, what are we, mm-hmm. or what are we doing here? How are we, you know, moving forward or not? Um, Cause at that point it had been almost a year. So, This night in particular, it's a Friday night. I'm leaving for a work trip to go to London on Sunday. How long ago? How long is this from that first date? Probably almost two years. I don't know the math off the top of my head. It was September. September, It was September. Um, So yeah, just about two years. We've been living together for a year. So, you know, very familiar. It's natural progression at this point. Um, but I'm leaving for a work trip on um, Sunday and we keep like a joint calendar and a couple, like two weeks before I realized that that Friday night had a rare empty gap where neither of us had plans like individually or together. And so I, it was my idea to hold off that Friday night as like a date night. And he very casually sounded like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll um, pick the place. And I'm like, okay. So I get home. I decided to, you know, shower and do my hair and like look nice um just wearing like a dress that his mom had gifted me um and we go downstairs and I'm thinking he's taking me to urban axes because I can't stop talking about how badly I want to go axe throwing (laughs) so I think he surprised me and taking me to urban axes um they had kind of just opened around that time like maybe like six months prior um and I keep suggesting that other people go even though I have not gone yet because I'm just so convinced it's going to be the best time. And it is. It's a great place. Um, <laughs> side note. Yes, yeah, side note. Took my grandmother there for her 75th birthday. It was a really great time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to come back and do that story. Yes, time. another one. Um, but we, so I'm anticipating he's taking us axe throwing and it's dinner time before, so he just pulls into ABGB. Like, no big deal. Oh, great. It's our place. It's date night. Sounds great. Perfectly sweet. Just like it get is. Um, we pull in and I open the door um, and I'm telling him as he's opening the door for me how I'm so excited that I wore this dress because I can eat all of the pizza and like not feel remotely constricted by what I'm wearing. <laughs> and I turn around and he always opens the door so I'm not caught off guard by that. And I turn around and I see his family, you know, his mom, his dad, his sister, my parents who are at this point from Oklahoma and from California. So not, you know, casually in town, my sister, my best friend, and they're all in this arc. Like when you walk into ABG, there's a stage area and they're all in this arc, like in front of the stage and they're all watching. So something's going on. Yeah. And my first thought was that it was my birthday and I just forgot that it was my birthday or something. Like <laughs> yeah. it was not, oh, this is the proposal. It was generally like, what am I missing that I didn't, like you're, you're all here. You're clearly here for me. And so I turn around to eat kids, he'd be like, what? I'm so confused. And he's like perfectly like on one knee in the front door in front of anyone who's trying to get it or out of the restaurant <laughs> or into line. Um, and then I immediately just like went into focus moment because the one thing I kept hearing from people right after they got engaged was that they like totally 
blacked out and like don't actually remember what their future spouse like asked them in asking for their hand and so the pictures are like of my face like really focusing on him and like leaning in to make sure I can hear because it's loud that's Um, great yeah yeah it was really sweet and then I look up and you know best surprise ever like a hundred percent Thought it was my birthday, thought we were going axe throwing, yeah. thought I was going to have to like, you know, have a, a real conversation with him if it didn't happen in Tulum. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All so, these things. So great surprise. Did y'all stay and eat pizza and drink beer? Oh, yeah. He had the whole yeah. thing arranged um, in like one of the little back corner. He had talked to the owner about it. And we were the first people to ever get engaged there. So that was that was fun. I feel like connected to the city. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. So first, first people to get engaged there. Whose idea was it? to get legally married there that was mine so good idea yes thanks yeah so we um we learned from a co-worker um she got married like three weeks before we did and she got married in charleston i believe and she was saying in one of our meetings that she got married on that saturday and before in austin before leaving because it's just way simpler we got married in mexico so there you have to take a blood test a couple of days before and i'm super squeamish so that was a no from me. We're yeah. definitely going to do it in Austin. Just keep it simpler to keep it legal. Um, but she told me they got married on a Saturday and that had never crossed my mind that it wouldn't be, you know, like in a courthouse on a weekday mm-hmm. thinking of, you know, DMV hours or something like that. Sure. Um, and yeah, so I started Googling it and looking at all the judges and learning more about like how you get legally married. Um, and there was this one judge, um, who on the full list of everybody, you know, they had like check boxes if they offered Saturday weddings. Um, he had red hearts and it said free weddings on Valentine's Day. And I was just like, yeah, that's who I want to marry us. Like, that just sounds like such a sweetie. Yeah. And um, we love a deal. And we love a deal. It's not Valentine's Day, so I'm probably not getting a discount. But oh, okay. like, that's who I want. You know, we have our brother-in-law officiate our wedding. So for the for the wedding ceremony mm-hmm. that we were planning um we had a destination wedding after this we had a destination wedding yes this was just like you know to have the paperwork mm-hmm. and to avoid the blood test um because needles but uh that part had been really thoughtful and intentional i wanted you know if at all possible to have it be instead of just like a clerk behind a desk like somebody who felt like they were adding personality to that moment because it was really sentimental to us like it's it's awkward to have a really sentimental moment in front of a complete stranger who doesn't care. You know what I mean? Those oh, yeah. kind of these a day. So I thought that sounded really cute. I emailed him um, and he said that he normally on weekends now goes out of town to take care of his mom. Um, but that his wife, who is also a judge, um, would be happy to do it and would be back from her girls weekend at the golf um, to <laughs> arrange the details. And I was like, I'm already in love with these people. Yes. yes, perfect. So it turned out to be Jan Breland, who when we went to the clerk's office to get the uh, marriage license, let us know that she's a bit of a local, like she's a she's a legend. She's, she's incredible. And we met her in person and we quickly learned why. Um, it was the weekend of the OU game and she had her like longhorn shirt on underneath. It was a little cold and she like had covered up over that. But she pulls up at ABGB and um, she had like a license plate. Her license plate is pink and it says love judge. Oh. She's just the best. That's amazing. She's incredible. Um, but yeah, once we learned it could be Saturday and we started connecting with her, normally she has this infamous, 
beautiful garden that she invites couples to come and she'll marry you at her house in this beautiful garden. Um, and we're like, that sounds so nice. We really want our dogs to be able to be there because Egan is really, really like above a normal, even Austinite level infatuated with all the dogs. Yeah. Like it, it just makes them happier the dogs than are, anything. are very crucial to the The dogs are continuously crucial. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and we could have brought the dogs to her house, but then we just we kind of had this epiphany of like, well, let's email ABGB and like complete the trifecta. You know what I mean? Like that's, we're not having children at ABGB. So this is pretty yeah. much this where it's going to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can renew your vows later. Yeah. Renew the vows, yeah. some birthday parties. Yeah. But as it comes to the, you know, the romantic progression. Yes, the romantic progression. This is where it's going to go. Okay, so what did it look like at ABGB for the wedding? Who all was there? And, and how did it feel to be in that space? Yeah, it was, they were, in every sense of it, I emailed back the team at ABGB and they immediately remembered who we were. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, because Egan had planned everything for the proposal. So when I reached out to like, I had to make sure Jan would be down to do it and I had to make sure that we could do it at ABGB and there wasn't this, I don't know, liability insurance or like, you know, some excessive thing. Like, sure. it's hard to say I'm getting married and people not think you're throwing a wedding. Like, it's, we're just standing there holding hands and exchanging vows and eating some pizza and calling right. it a day. Um, So we waited until like, we planned it for two or three days before we left so it felt like kind of a kickoff rather than like competing, you know, sentimental moments. Mm-hmm. Um. They were so friendly and so welcoming. We went down to the little garden area that they have a seating area down at the bottom just because it was more seating. And we did it right when they opened so we weren't doing it in front of a bunch of strangers because that also felt a little strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we we had my sister. We did siblings only so that parents didn't feel like it was easier for some parents, for his parents to get here because they're in driving distance and for mine and so we just kept it to our siblings who all live in Austin um, and the dogs and Ikit and I and love judge Jan Breland. And we uh, got to know Jan a little bit more in person. Um, we set our vows, exchanged rings, and then we all had pizza together and some champagne and just kind of sat out. It was perfect and wonderful. And then we had like a thousand wedding errands to run afterwards because we left in two days for Mexico and, you know, went about our day just married. Like it was very uh, surreally wonderful. Well, that's obviously the coolest, most Austin <laughs> wedding that you could imagine. But how did that compare to what you had always pictured like growing up? Did you ever think about growing up, you know, what your wedding day would look like? Um... Yes and no. I mean, I definitely wasn't the type of person who, you know, to me, like even when we got engaged, we went back and forth on eloping or um, I we have friends who had a civil ceremony when they were in New York on vacation and just decided to get married. And I think that was like the most romantic, you know, marriage story or wedding story that I had ever heard. And um, I don't know. I think there was something about the wedding the wedding I've learned now having had one is such a, you know, uh, explosive celebration of uh, two people coming together and the commitment that they're making. Um, but before all of that or when I was younger, it just kind of seemed like a big distraction or a big party, like a long, like a very stressful, you know, big thing. Um, and now, like, looking at how we got married, it was perfect. In Austin, again, I mean, we are both so aligned that, 
this is home forever for us. So it feels cool to have a place that um, has such great roots and, you know, for us personally and also like so many pieces of the city, I feel like involved in the story of like those days together. Um, It's also great that it's the type of place that, you know, we would never feel conflicted in supporting. It feels cool having, you know, the love judge infamously come. Yes, the love judge. Yeah. and it The feels, star of the story in many it ways. Really, other than the dogs. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it also, it feels cool now, like a full circle, you know, having met a mumble too and knowing that that is an Austin success story in and of itself. So um, I think all of it together, it's not any of the individual pieces. It's, you know, it was a perfect kickoff for like the big, crazy hoopla that is an international wedding but um it was really intimate perfectly simple um familial connected moment and yeah i'll cherish it forever it's wonderful so i have to ask the obvious question yeah do you also go to abgb of course it's still it's it's evermore our place like i think um it's we do live in north austin now so it's not down the street as it was for so long. So we make it less often. We used to play um, intramural kickball too, right down the street at the little park that's over there. So we made it very often before and now less so, but um, no, I mean, it's it's still our birthday. It's still our anniversary. It's still a job promotion. It's it's absolutely an anniversary. It's where we would we would never celebrate. It, it, it makes us feel like there's a there's a low fuss way to celebrate all of the like kind of cliche smaller sentimental milestones like it, like the anniversary of getting engaged you know things like that that yeah. we wouldn't otherwise make a big hoopla out of but now it feels like we're celebrating our roots being further planted here rather than you know just something superficial that's our show thanks for listening if you like the show consider leaving us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast to learn more about the people, places, and things that make Austin so special. You can find more than 100 past episodes at austin360.com slash loveaustin360 or wherever you get your podcasts. It's up to you. If you want to pitch an idea for the show or give us feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com. I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast is a production of the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman. This episode was produced by Jane Alexander, Alyssa Vidalis, and Eric Webb. Our theme music is from the local band Hardproof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com. We couldn't do this show without you, dear listeners, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your extra slices of pizza. Until next week, we'll see you maybe getting engaged at a pizza place in South Austin? I don't know. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.